I called it, this is a piece I wrote on May 28th. A call to remember, least you forget. It's about the Walker scaffold and the Mankato gallows, bring back to life the tragic graves of mass execution of my family. What happens when someone puts a past tragedy in your yard, in your face, from not that long ago? So there will be a conversation, so misunderstanding and mockery can stand upon this scaffold, imagining what it was like to be hung and swinging dead to help those with personal ties to relive it all again teach who what and why ask him who has been hung from the gallows depicted as art declared legal by a past president after unjust and hateful encounters swings innocently and dead again. Neighbor, do you understand? Emphasize and care, take it down. It should have not been up before or now. My neck hurts from the noose again, friend. I'm Kim Schneider and you're listening to IDOTH Protest a podcast that explores the ways people show resistance to stand up for what they believe in. The speaker you just heard is our guest today, Thomas LeBlanc. He's a spoken word artist, poet, and playwright in the Twin Cities. We met one morning recently at a park near LeBlanc's house in St. Paul. My given name is uh, Thomas LeBlanc. Um, My Dakota name is Tatanka Ohitika, which was my uncle Wesley LeBlanc's name. It means strong buffalo. I'm assistant Wapton, Dakota. From uh, I was born and raised in uh, Minnesota, born in Minneapolis, raised as a ward of the state. Um, I was taken from my mother at birth because she was a unwed uh, juvenile. She was like about 19 when I was born and uh, wouldn't tell my father's name, so my father is unknown, and they sterilized her, and I was like in 105 different social placements, and throughout Minneapolis and St. Paul and Minnesota, really. I was born in 1946, I'm 70 years old. I have um, nine children and uh, 35 grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Wow, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot for an orphan. That was just me, you know. So it's kind of kind of good to have. LeBlanc was one of twelve Dakota elders to take part in a meeting with the Walker Art Center leadership and Sam Durant, the artist behind a controversial structure intended for a space in the Walker Art Center's newly renovated sculpture garden. Durant's two-story sculpture, titled Scaffold, was inspired by seven public executions, including the 1862 hanging of 38 Dakota prisoners in Mankato, Minnesota, at the end of the U.S.-Dakota War. LeBlanc was actually in the midst of writing a play about the 1862 hanging when he heard about the sculpture. LeBlanc and I talked about Dakota response to the sculpture, 
why elders felt they needed the copyright to the artist's work, and the history of violence, genocide, and discrimination against indigenous people in Minnesota and the United States. There was eight LeBlancs in the Fort Snelling. My great-grandfather was a one-year-old in that uh, camp. And uh, I had a grandma that walked from Fort Snelling to Siston, uh, where they created a reservation uh, for uh, uh, Dakota that were uh, friendly. And some of them were in Fort Snelling also, because they, they rounded us all up, uh, whether you were innocent or not. They had these five-minute trials, and uh, they wanted to execute about 400 in Lincoln with uh, Bishop Whipple, Episcopalian. Uh, our, our bishop told him, you know, you just can't be hanging 400 people, you know. But they were going to do it. There was cries in Minnesota, and um, it really was a law to, to uh, terminate and remove us. They did physically remove us. Some hit out and some came back, but there was a law to remove us. So I've been researching it, so it's a close issue to me, and, and I, I'm, you know, I'm related, and I just couldn't believe that this came about, uh, that it was um, incorporated into something that was going to be like a PlayStation. They had designed it to have pillows underneath so you could go in there and sit down and think about it. You could go up on the top of it and walk and play. And um, It didn't have ropes hanging from it, but there were all these uh, different types of uh, mass execution by hanging. You know, all these gallows and scaffolds and from Hussein and abolitionists, ones that killed Lincoln. I think it's strange, you know, too, that Lincoln, who uh, cut it down to the, to the 38, uh, his wife uh, had mental disorders all her life. And what part of that was uh, a Sioux Indian came to her every night of her life and haunted her and talked to her come to her bed and she would visualize and see him. People don't realize, you know, um, this isn't all so long ago. And he incorporated, you know, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein's execution, some abolitionists or slavery and uh, all these different kinds of execution to, uh, you know, his purpose was kind of a nice thing, you know, to bring up uh, how you know, cruel and inhumane and institutionalized this country has been, especially people of color and uh, against capital punishment. But it's just like, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing that he never talked with Dakota, even though he had worked with Dakota children and, and Ojibwe children at, at the Walker before. In like 2002, he was here in Minnesota. I think that's where he got, got probably got the idea when he heard about 
uh, Mankato as large as Max Execution. And when we were having this meeting, he came out and he had a, a photograph with a, with a 38 scaffold removed. And it was huge. It was, you know, a huge piece of paper. And he was like, you know, thick that he could hand out to all of us a picture of what this would look like without the 38. And it, it was still enormous. I think one of the Dakota women said, you know, it's too closely identified with the hanging with the 38. No matter if you take that down, it's still there. The whole thing's got to come down. And uh, I remember when I heard that uh, he had the copyright to this idea, I brought it up. I said, you know, we got to get that away, you know, from him. Because he could actually go to another country. He had did it already in Germany in 2012. So he could go to, you know, somewhere else or another state or, you know, to Wisconsin or something and, and put it up, sell it to somebody else. And uh, the Walker bought the rights to, to it here and they said they would sell it. But she was like, uh, the, the Olga was a little uh, offended, I think, at first and amazed that we would be uh, surprised. I think she's of Cuban ancestry and out of New York or somewhere. And I don't think she was really attuned too much to Minnesota history or something. But there's, there's a flaw. There's a flaw in, in America and in most uh, non-native people to us. It's like uh, we're like we're invisible, we're marginalized, disfranchised. And this really proves it, you know. They, they put up something like this uh, and, and don't even consult us. That they don't even have somebody of diversity working for them that can, can tell them, you know, I, I think this might be a little bit uh, offensive to Dakota people, you know. And it's like, you know, it's so white privileged and so uh, removed from uh, us that, you know, they think maybe 150 years ago is a uh, uh, past history and uh, that we wouldn't be connected to it. I mean, my God, we have relatives that we're, we're, we're hung. And it's just kind of uh, amazing. It shows that there has to be some kind of uh, uh, group that is set up to meet with uh, art people and to other kinds of things about cultural appropriate stuff. Uh, Sam Durant also has a, another project he's working on that has national shrines that deal with settlers and Indians that he's trying to bring into the National Indian Museum in D.C. You know, and I, I told him during the talk, I said, you know, I said, Sam, you should come to this ceremony because, you know, uh, you need some cleansing. I said, you know, there's something, you're, you're kind of fixated with death. And, you know, what it's kind of, uh, he got down on his knees in front of us, the elders, and and uh, apologized and stayed there for the longest time. It was very excruciating to to have some 
person do this. This is kind of like treatment that that we had. We were forced all our lives to have calluses on our knees from Catholic church stuff. And then um, I I confronted him on the the copyright. I said, um, you have the copyright to this concept. Um, Would you be willing to give that up? Because the Dakota aspect of it should belong to the Dakota people and shouldn't be just at the whim of any artist from somewhere to, to put up. He said, well, maybe, you know, it might be, uh, probably. And I said, hey, weren't you just on your knees begging forgiveness from us Dakota elders? I said, I think that question required a yes or a no. And he kind of, he looked at his friend, this Mexican curator, and they both kind of, and he said, yes, I'll give it up. And so it was like, you know, I, I said, you know, I said, were you really sincere in this or were you just, you know, is this crocodile forgiveness that you did there, you know, it's uh, kind of crazy. He handed us tobacco, he gave us tobacco to all the elders at the, at the end when we were leaving. And it was all this, I thought, ironic of the tobacco that he gave us. It was very commercial and white tobacco and it was called Captain Black and it's like you know uh, I felt Captain Black uh, was not sincere in this whole thing I think he he got embarrassed he's making money off of the genocide and tragedies of uh, the indigenous people and he's trying to come underneath the cover of art as that makes it legitimized and legal and uh, it's just it's just another form of racism institutionalized racism and I I, I, I refer to the native racism different from uh, the African-American racism I, I call it like sweet and sour like you know like the Asian kind of uh, the sauce, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, some is sweet and some is sour. Some is bitter. And like the massacres. And, and then there's this the other kind that's like, you know, they appropriate everything we have, you know, Mother Earth, Father Sky, Burning Sage, and having beads and all this hippie kind of stuff, you know, and has no reflection, think they can just do anything, grab pipes, and, and uh, we'll have a sun dance. And, um, my name is uh, running deer in the sky and yours will be, you know, mm-hmm. big wolf and growling, howling tribe of, from wherever. And so it's, I mean, it's, it's so ironic that uh, uh, we have this kind of treatment, you know. There's some that just romanticize us, you know. I remember I was in Europe and I stubbed my toe and I went, ow! And all the Germans said, Indians don't feel pain. And I went like, I don't know what kind of Indians you ran into. I said, but this one feels it, you know, that hurt. I went to uh, behind the, the, the wall when it was up to East Germany in about 1989. I was a 
second uh, Indian that went in there after Archie uh, uh, Fire went in. And it was like near Auschwitz, there was a, a camp of white Indians, German hobby Indians. Every weekend they would go. These were in communist East Germany. And they would play Indian. They had teepees and they were tribes and they all dressed up in the clothes and they brought their kids and grandkids and it was like three generations all the way from when Sitting Bull and them had come. They were still there. And I was just amazed. I went up over this hill when I went to this place and saw all these teepees and they were like smoke coming out of them. They had food in the teepees and, and they're, you know, they're all talking languages, you know, native languages. You know, some were Dene or Navajo and some were Sioux, some were Cheyenne. All, all the different tribes. And, you know, they were trying to talk to me and, you know, I remember they asked me, uh, can you teach us a song, you know? And, I, you know, they started singing this song and uh, we need to have words to it, you know? And I said, I said, well, I said, why don't you put German words to it? And they said, well, this is the Indian song. And I said, well, then why are you singing it? And, and they, they were just, you're aghast. And I just said, you know, you guys survived. This was your way of adapting and dealing with communist, uh, with the Russia and with this whole communist life. And so you'd go out and play Indians and it was the greatest thing you could do. You were in nature and you loved it. I said, but in America, I said, it's, it's hard to be Indian. You get thrown in jail and killed and you die from depression, from uh, being Indian, you know, it's not easy. And so it's like, here we go and we think, you know, we're in 2017 and people are progressive and they have kind of awoke and all of a sudden, whammo, this scaffold pops up and it's like, oh my God, you know. For native people, would there be any appropriate place for this sculpture? See, you know, the problem with that is that, you know, Dakota doesn't really have so much of the, we're, we're almost like a socialized culture. You know, it's like um, we share. And so it's like we would have a consul and the consul would meet until they came up with a consensus. And sometimes they would take months and weeks and uh, and they wouldn't leave this consul until they came up with that consensus and they would have to satisfy everybody that was there so you know there's like uh, a ton of us and uh, still and we're spread out farther than we had originally been and so it's I don't know how to get a consensus to that I can't speak as uh, one individual independent uh, Dakota and say, well, uh, because there is no uh, one leader of us all. There's no one set principle. That's why we're meeting with his consul again. And we have to come up with some kind of consensus. Cause 
there really wasn't a consensus on the burning of this. There were some, some people had said it was negative and we needed to burn it to get rid of it. And then some people want a reuse of it. Some people even said, well, maybe we should put that up by the original Mankato one and put up an interpretive center. Some people want to turn it into something positive. And so I don't know, we have to do it on a, on a collective kind of thought. And so it's, um, I don't really have any set opinion on it. I, I was uh, of the firm belief it should have been taken down. There was only a minority opinion that wanted to keep it up at the Walker, like one out of a group of a hundred. And I mean, the viewpoint was valid and uh, I could understand what they're saying, but so many people were just traumatized by it. We didn't want to have our kids seeing it. We didn't want to see it ourselves. And uh, so it's, that's where I was at. I mean, I agreed with it, taking it down and going and getting a commitment uh, from the walker never to do it again and from that artist to take away that copyright so he can't do it and if he does do it we'll sue his tail in uh, Captain Black but um, I think we need to do further I mean I think there has to be some kind of um, the walker has to institute some kind of uh, corrective policy you know they're talking about maybe doing some structure that's a uh, with natives and native artists and maybe somehow getting some kind of uh, cultural advisory in there and so I, I don't know I, I really I don't think that um, I don't think there's a legitimate place I mean I wouldn't want to have a little replica of the 38 scaffold inside my house or see uh, pictures of it but I mean Budweiser made a, a drawing in commemoration of a little bighorn of Custer's massacre and put it out and uh, through uh, sources I have that a picture of that so I mean I'm not saying I'm totally against some kind of historical context of it. I really don't know. I can't, I can't visualize an appropriate place. Maybe Mankato where it happened to somehow, um, but I think then again, we're, we're perpetuating this horrendous thing. So I don't know. And I, I'm, uh, uh, I, I like to have my own opinion, but in this circumstance, I think it has to be a collective thought from the Dakota and uh, when we agree upon it and talk about it and think about it in this modern time because we, we don't move as a unit and live as a unit. We're spread all over. So this is about the closest we can get to having a council and a collective kind of opinion. And so I think, I think probably I, I might ask that when the elders come in. Um, I consulted with my spiritual advisor immediately 
and they began praying and uh, told me that uh, I would be kind of helped during this time. So, but I don't know about that kind of answer. I don't know what to say. I would. My gut feeling is no. What has this process been for you, emotional? Like for you emotionally? I think it's just like a, it's like a real slap in the face, and it's a continuation of the, the racism, and it's like. How can how can a private art institute and an artist do this and not think that it would be offensive? It's just I'm aghast. I mean, it's just you know it really makes you angry and um, brings up all this internal stuff that we have to deal with for a long time. It's I, I you know the state flag has a depiction of uh, settlers and colonial kicking us out of the state here in Minnesota. And, you know, I as a descendant born here and raised here and live here kind of sit there and have to deal with that every day. I mean, Minnesota is a Dakota word, not Norwegian or not a, an American term. And it's, this is our land. This is, this is a uh, where we came, Pedotes, right over here. I, mean, I live on the bluff. I, I joke around and say I'm the last buffalo east of the Mississippi, you know, which is, you know, a, a poetic kind of license. But, you know, it it's really is. I mean, Mendota's right over there. And you, you go across the high bridge and, you know, Little Crow and there's camps there and the Indian Mounds are right over there. And, um, this, this hasn't changed. I mean, Fort Stanley was built right on Bedote, you know, it's like uh, the Basilica and the State Capitol are, are built on a place they call the Wabasha Hill. And, I mean, this is uh, Indian land and country, and I think will always be until there isn't any more of us. So, I mean, this is home. You kind of mentioned this before, but the artist, when he came out with his statement about his intent in creating this artwork, he said that it stands against normative history. He made the scaffold as a learning space for white people. Um, he said white artists need to address the issues of white supremacy. Um, I guess I'm just interested in your response to that. Well, I think there's other ways to bring that about. I mean, uh, I work uh, against mass incarceration, and uh, we have an organization called Inequality. It's part of what I work. Uh, I'm, I'm the head of a group called Oyate Otenin, which in Dakota means voice of the people. Inequality is a social justice arm of it, and we're working against mass incarceration. And we're putting up a floral cut flowers demonstration in memory of, of the people that are incarcerated and the families. 
to uh, bring about uh, how, how you uh, can bring alive the, the trauma that, that mass incarceration is causing. And this has just kind of lately been kind of come about in the last 10 years or so that people began to realize that, you know, we were just randomly throwing people into prison just to deal with it and just out of mind, out of sight, and forgot and not realizing the trauma of it. I mean, his um, exclamation of this was just, I think he wanted something dramatic. He wanted something that would prove that he was uh, innovative and controversial, uh, shock kind of, uh, and that uh, this brutal aspect of capital punishment. But uh, I don't know, I mean, I can't speak for the other elements, but in the Dakota, um, that mass execution, I think, is totally uh, inappropriate and could have been held, held and settled in a lot of different ways other than kangaroo courts and reactionary stuff. And really, if you look at the whole process, it was we were in the way and they had to get rid of us, and they did get rid of us. They hung us and they shipped us out of state. They threw us into prisons and um, they took everything away from us. And uh, we, we had these tiny little bits of land now that we had to come back and buy and fight for and etc. And I, I think it's just kind of a, a gross act. I mean, this, this guy's whole concept is flawed too. I mean, there's something seriously wrong. I mean, it's just, he's dealing with the glorification of the instrument of death. I, I don't have much respect for it myself. I mean, I, I think he could came up with something better. For sure he should have consulted us about it. I think he was, he's, uh, he's making his money and that's what he wants. I was up there on the scaffold when they took it down. And, um, and even one of the reporters, a friend of mine, uh, Art Owen, his dad was Amos Owen. They had the memorial down in Fort Snowing Park by where they had the concentration camp. And he led the ceremonies and prayers. And they, they, they misnamed him. They called him, you know, Orville Looking Horse, who's a sacred pipe, cat pipe uh, keeper. Even in the paper, you know, I mean, even afterwards, it's still, why didn't that reporter go and ask him, what is your name? Just reported him, you know, and I teased Dart, I called him up and I said, you know, they gave you promotion, I joked around and said, you know, because there's, there's only one sacred keep the keeper of the pipe, you know, and it's like a, you know, it's like, like, like the Pope almost. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think there's a prologue to this and I'm not quite sure. I'm hoping that, um, you know, we can correct it. I think I'm, I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna do a play on it soon.
and um, I'm doing spoken word pieces already, but I, I haven't really finished the one on 1862 and on the execution, but um, I think this makes me want to do it more because there's a whole bunch of education that needs to be done and people need to know from both sides and I think we can take this I think that's going to be the title of my play is Scaffold Next time on IDOTH Protest Social media It's inescapable in the new millennium or so it seems IDOTH Protest ventures into the land of a social media list millennial a few people, a dozen, a baker's dozen of people have come up to me and said like, oh, like I've always thought about getting rid of my Facebook. My phone is just call and text. I do have, I have three games that came with it. One is Tetris where you're allowed to play for two minutes and that's it. I have a, I have a theory and good. Now it's, now it's like recorded. So, so it's I, real. So it's real. I have a theory that one day it'll like. Have I piqued your interest? Be sure to stay tuned into our Facebook page by liking it. That way you won't miss the next episode of I Doth Protest. I'm your host, Kim Schneider. Thanks for listening. Thanks.